It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we have the DFL of Western States, Jennifer St. Amon. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. <laughs> you know, when I saw the video of you coming across the finish line and when you came across, you broke down and I was just like, God, I probably would have done the same thing. Like it gave me chills. I actually have chills right now talking about it. Um, <laughs> what a magical, a magical moment. What was it like two, two seconds, three seconds, or was it more 10? Um, I mean, how much time did I have left before? Yeah. Well, I had, tw- I had 21 seconds. Left. Oh, 21 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Wait a- She's really embodying the golden hour here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, I didn't know anything about the golden hour until it happened to me. <laughs> oh. Do you That's get a t-shirt? Other- I've heard, I heard talk about getting a t-shirt if you finish in the golden hour. Is that a true statement? I, I didn't get it. And I didn't get a t-shirt. I got a, um, a book about the golden hour. <laughs> oh, so well, I can that's... educate myself after the race. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a book about here's how you get faster? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm a three-time golden hour finisher myself. So I, uh, hundred oh. percent, uh, no. And I, I stand proudly behind my golden hour finishes. I would like to get faster, but you know, uh, I got, I kind of have a reputation and a podcast and everything to kind of you know, uphold. Right. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, have you, have you been a runner your whole life or? Well, actually I was not until I joined the military at 17. Oh, and wow. Actually, yeah. Uh, what branch? The U S army. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, and you are currently still, cause I see a uniform hanging behind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I was in for 12 years. Um, I'm 48. I'll be 49 this year. So I was in for 12 years and then I was, I got out for 14 years. Uh, um, and then just recently came back in, um, after that hiatus and I'm now actually active guard reserve for the Minnesota army national guard as a recruiter. Nice. So, nice. That's awesome. Um, did you deploy any during your, during your army your active duty or your, your guard? Yes, I did. Um, I went to Bosnia in 1996. Wow. I myself here a lot, but I already told you. <laughs> <my story. laughs> yeah, I was like, we were the first ones over there um, in the implementation force. And we were there for about a year, well, just under a year. Um, and I actually deployed um, just a little bit about that. Just um, I deployed with about three, 4,000 guys. I was the only girl. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, taking you out of your comfort zone right there. Yeah, they didn't. um, So when I first joined, they, um, I only joined just to get college money. (laughs) I'm like that guy, right? (laughs) And um, (laughs) fell in love with it, though, I'll admit. And I joined as a tank mechanic because it was attached to like this extra money for college at the time. Um, And I didn't know anything. I didn't care what I was doing. It was like an adventurous thing. Like I had a choice. I had tons of jobs to pick from, but it was like the one that was attached to this money, right? They yeah. only offered a few of those jobs. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting working on tanks, which I'm not saying it was like, woohoo, it's so much fun, but <laughs> um, 
it was interesting being, I, uh, they passed a law that year, Bill Clinton did saying that females were allowed to serve on the front lines in these support positions. So that meant that whenever they deployed, I was right there with them. I was attached to the armored unit and I was the first female in every unit I went to and only female actually. <laughs> and it was like a big deal at the time. Now it's so cool because I feel like women are in everything now. Um, but during that time frame, it was definitely not, it was 100% breaking these guys in, <laughs> like to the idea of having women with them. So I went there to Bosnia. And then um, when I came back, I served a couple more years overseas. I was stationed overseas in Germany. And Oh, nice. We're at in Germany. Um, I was in Baumholder, Germany. <laughs> um, yeah, not, it's not the greatest. <laughs> I don't recognize it. <laughs> it's only hey, it's only 45 minutes from the French border and three okay. hours from Paris. Oh, okay. So I mean it's the location's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like on this big hill and it's very stormy. It's always gloomy there. And um it's well known for that because as you're driving away, like if you're going towards Ramstein, Germany, you can see like the clouds sort of lingering around. <laughs> like you're just going back into doom. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody just always complained about it. It's like horrible, you know. It's bad weather like you get hoarfrost in the middle of winter and it would be sideways oh my gosh <laughs> you know i was stationed <laughs> in england for three years so i know the gloom of uh of <laughs> europe <laughs> i enjoyed every minute of it. it was a lot of fun but yeah it That's was right. uh it was very uh you know rainy almost every single day cloudy gloomy. That's, that's where you learn to to enjoy to embrace that the suck <laughs> <You know? laughs> so were you that's a um when you were in the um, army did you I know you have to run with the army it's kind of a mm -hmm. it, it comes with the territory but um, were you a long distance runner or did you just run because you had to type thing oh no I always ran um, so starting basic um, like I said I was an athletic prior to that um, I was just doing this for the college money and got to basic training and that first assessment test I ran like for the two mile I think it was like god it was 16 something 16 17 or 18 and I, I didn't know that that was good, but the drill sergeants made it clear that that was actually really good. You know, like, um, it's like an eight minute pace, something right? Yeah, it's yeah. not that great, really, but it's not <laughs> bad. It's not bad. I'm not judging. Yeah, um, no, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but having like never like done it before, it's actually pretty darn good. Right. And because they made such a big deal, you know, the drill sergeants, they don't really say nice things. So. <laughs> they never say nice things until you after no. you graduate and you're one of them and then they're like oh hey how's it going <laughs> so to get any kind of positive intention about something it really lit a fire in me it made me start to like identify like oh actually I am athletic um, I'm only five foot one so it's like I knew I couldn't compete in other <laughs> different ways and even running like I have a shorter stride so I didn't think I didn't know anything about it and I didn't think um that would give me advantage to do running. But I mean, now I know so much more, like some of the best marathoners in the world, they're not very big. Yeah. So, but so yeah, back then that's all. And then I went to male units and it was like, I, I was, I, I just got better and better. And it, it was like, I was beating a lot of the guys. Most wow. of the guys. Wow. That's good. So what was your first step into, to racing? So my racing really was that two mile, right? I, for years and years and years in the army, that's all I did was race that two mile every six months, try to get better and better and better. I, uh, my first duty station was, which is Fort Carson, Colorado. I actually ran a 1054, 1054 two mile 
And wow. I didn't even wow. know that that was <laughs> I didn't know that was good actually because I was like 18. You when know? they told you an 18 minute was good, and then you're like <laughs> you ran a 10:50, and you're like, oh no, I didn't know. Yeah, let's take seven, no... seven minutes off that. <laughs> well, that story gets better though. Like as far as when I get to ultra distance stuff, as far as getting taking time off, but. Yeah, I didn't know that that was really that good. I didn't really have any formal training and have any books. I was like all into like doing my job at the time. And it was just about beating the guys. That was it. It was just about proving to them that I was equal or better to them. Um, and that was a way I could do it. And they had respect for that. I would steal their guide on from the infantry guys, run around. And like no females were doing that, at least then that I knew of. I had no role models, really. I just had to be my own role model, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it was fun. I mean, come on, let's be real. You're out there stealing guidons and running around, and they're getting they're getting punked for it by their drill sergeants. They're probably <laughs> well, like, I'm talking this about girl like run at, around. at your active duty state, like when yeah. you're to active duty and um, you're doing your everyday PT stuff, and just like we'd be going down uh, the road, and other people are doing PT and going stealing other people's guidons, and like that's not good. You don't steal a guidon from infantry. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I, I used to do it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. That was where it started. And then I feel like probably on my second deployment. So I got off active duty and I um, started going to college in Texas. And I was in the National Guard there. And um, where'd you go to college at? I went out. Well, first, I started out at Central Texas College, just to okay. college there. And then I met my husband, got married, and he actually um got stationed back in bomb boulder i'm like great back here again um and i transferred to the res <laughs> i know right i can't i can't get away <laughs> Keeps, yeah i can't stay away from that place <laughs> so i transferred to the reserves because they have federal reserves over in kaiser slaughter in there and uh, that's when i changed jobs to logistics actually because that's all they have they don't have um combat related jobs in the reserves so okay. i switched over jobs and then I got mobilized because I actually got to Germany September 25th, 2001. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it was like two weeks. As soon as we were allowed to fly again, um, I was over in Germany um, and I didn't get deployed right away. I actually didn't join. I didn't transfer over to the reserves just immediately or anything. It was like not for a little while later, but um, probably in 03. Well, I got there in, in 02. I, I went into the reserves and in 03, Iraq kicked off. And my husband's unit was going and I got activated right away. Yeah. Um, and so I had two older kids at that. Well, they were very young at the time. Um, and I had to bring them home to Canada. I'm originally from Canada. From oh, New really? Brunswick. Yes, I am. That's where I was born and raised. But uh, my There's mother. There's all said, little hidden Easter eggs everywhere, aren't there? <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's all kinds of things. Je oh, hey, by the way, I'm Canadian. I, I speak French. <laughs> oh, I okay. French. Yep. That helped me in the Bosnia deployment, by the way. <laughs> I, I would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I, I when I was on that deployment, I was in logistics. And, you know, you know, from being in the military yourself, that when you're on a deployment, but you're not boots on ground, like in the desert or where the action is, even though your job is really important, like what I was doing was getting everybody downrange, getting everybody and all their stuff back and literally taking care of three branches of the military, not just the army. Um, it was a lot. I did 12 hour shifts at airports for the first six months. I'd move around different airports, but it was, it's stressful and you feel guilt being away from your family. Um, and 
it, it was just overwhelming as a new mom too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I started to throw myself in. I needed to distract myself. Those 12 hour shifts, six days a week. Um, you'd think that'd be enough, but, and a lot of times it was overnight, like six in the morning or six at night to six in the morning. I would like, I started training. I had to train for something. So I had a mentor, um, this guy, um, major, he was a sister unit best. And he told me about marathons and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. You think I could do that? And he thought I could do it. Um, they didn't really have like GPS or anything like that. Then I just <laughs> used a watch for time, do time on my feet training. And I used Hal Higdon's, you know, beginners. It was online and it was free. Yeah. Um, and I just ran for time. I literally, like when I look back on that now, I just find that hilarious because <laughs> later on I got so serious about it. But in the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm just, this is like a bucket list thing. I'm going to run one marathon because that's what you do. You run yep. one marathon and that's, that's it. That's what they say every time. One marathon. That's, what everyone that's, says. All, that's it. That's it. It's one. <laughs> just one. That's all you really need to do for a lifetime. Right? Yeah. For a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so you're chasing 50 marathons, 50 states. You're trying to get your, <laughs> your six stars. And then you want to run an ultra in every country and state. And you're just like, what? 10 years has gone by. Like, what the heck happened? The insanity grows. <laughs> Fast. Well, your idea yeah. of insanity, too. Like, it totally shifts. <laughs> it does. It totally does. Because I could totally remember thinking, I can remember being a social worker over in this county and talking to some of the social workers there. And I was like, did you know that there's a race? Like some of my friends do this and it's 135 miles. It's in Northern Minnesota. It's called Arrowhead. And like, I would track them and I'm like, I could never do that. I would never, that's not me. How many times have you done it? <laughs> oh, I've never done Arrowhead. Okay. I'll okay. be clear. <laughs> I've done that. It's cold. <laughs> But I mean, the, even the idea of a hundred miles, like, I just thought that was crazy, like so far, but there was something even back then that just like kind of started digging at me, like, oh, maybe I could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know clicks. if my friend could do it, <laughs> but That's always yeah, so it. I ran my first marathon. I trained and ran for my first one. Which one? Uh, the Frankfurt marathon. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh, three. And, um, then get off the deployment, you know, deployments over came relocated here in Minnesota um, started raising a family, um, had a couple more kids and then, um, finished up my college with Winona state as a social worker and, um, started throwing myself into my work a little bit there, but I missed, really missed the competition aspect. Now, social workers, we're not really competitive. You know, we're all, <laughs> all about, <laughs> I mean, that's human nature, but they really like kind of, you know, that's not the culture, yeah. right? We're all about trying, you know, we're helping people trauma focused, um, you know, and, you know, and it's just, I mean, depending on your job in social work, whatever, like, it's not like we don't compete against each other. It's, it's just not that environment at all. And it, it's mostly female, which is a big change, was a big change for me as well, because if there'd been more males, I still think there'd be an element of competition. <laughs> <laughs> you just went in, you're like, I got this. I, yeah. I already won. <laughs> yeah. So I, since I missed that though, that's where I started going back to races. I started racing because I would miss that. And I think it's healthy. I just think it's the human, human nature, human condition is to, you know, just to test yourself. Yeah. So did you stick to the marathoning or? Well, initially I, uh, 
I'm trying to think. Yeah, I got, I, I did like a comeback marathon. I was like, I'm going to try this marathon. It was like a local here in Rochester, Minnesota called the Med City. Um, not a flat race, or at least it wasn't at that time. Um, but I still bettered my old time, I think. Yeah, by, yeah, I don't remember, 10 minutes or something. But I remember thinking, oh, wow, that's not bad. I think I could do that again. And then I got into the trail community a little bit too and got hooked up actually at that moment with the running community in the area, which I became like, you know, big time part of there after that. And that sort of like led me to the rest of the insanity. And initially I was a road marathoner. Um, I did multiple marathons. Um, and actually like I had a few mentors, Tom Wu, this guy locally, and he kept, he was really like integral to that marathoning stuff because he, he taught me about speed work, like really what it was like, yeah, using five K's and 10 K's or whatever to like get faster at the marathon distance. Um, and then I actually did pretty well enough to like win money a few times at wow. marathons. Yeah. I was actually doing okay. Um, and started chasing like sub three hour. Okay. Um, and then I got injured. Um, doing speed work twice a week and <laughs> still doing long runs probably did that. And um, that's when I went to the doctor and he was like, oh, you're probably going to have to dial it back some. Um, maybe you should think about taking it easy and not doing so many races. And he made it sound like it was like a death warrant. Like I wasn't going to be able to run anymore. I kind of, I hate going to the doctor. Like if they don't understand your sport, yeah. it's just kind of like, What's something you really enjoy? Let me take that away from you. And so, That's, well, it's like what anything that causes pain, like, okay, stop doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> running hurts a lot sometimes, but it has to lead to an adaptation, right? Exactly. Like, you have to go through some kind of pain. Now, I was injured, but it was actually an old injury that just arthritis had set into it and was okay. causing more pain. Got you. Did you ever get your sub three? Did I what? Did you ever get your sub three? No, because I stopped because at that point I started putting my eyes on a hundred miler. Because <laughs> 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 like he told me that and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, what if I can't run a hundred miler and I've always wanted to do that time might be running out for me. So I better start doing this. So I made it my mission to sort of figure out inflammation in my body, how to reduce it to the point to where I could like get that under control. Um, and, and not have to take like an NSAID during like, cause you can't, you know, during these hundreds. So I was like, I want to be able to run at least 100 miles, which is kind of funny saying it out loud again. So you were a marathoner on the road and you were kind of like, <laughs> I think I want to run a hundred miles. There was, no, like, there was nothing <laughs> well, in between, like maybe like let's step in the 50 K 50 mile realm or. Well, so I had run actually, I'd run a 50 mile. And uh, a couple of 50 milers and a 50K. But so my friend Tom Wu kept telling me, oh, Jennifer, you better not get into those because once you start running too long, you'll you'll slow down. And he said, you wait till you're old. Then you're going to be slow anyway. <laughs> 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 then it won't matter. You run marathons now, you know, you would say like, and that's why I kind of delayed it. But then this kind of like, okay, I, I was like, I'm over that now. Like, I don't know how long I have to run, you know, like yeah. I need to start doing these now. So that's how I got into doing superior hundred for my first hundred. I've heard that's a really good one, but it's uh very difficult. Yes, it is. 
It's, I don't know. I think it's like the 10th oldest hundred. Yeah. It's, it's loops, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Gooseberry Falls out on the spear hiking trail, you go out West and then you go North to uh, Lutzen is the finish. And it's more than a hundred miles. I don't, sometimes it's 108 or 109, I think, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it just depends on if there's been fire or something washed out and they have to reroute or something, but. How many so. times have you done that one? I, well, I've done it once and I paced 60 miles of it last year again. Oh, okay. But I, I, I did it the once and I was, my feet hurt so bad from all those rocks and roots. Um, I almost like, when I was done, I'm like, oh, I don't think I could ever do that again. Like that was horrible. It hurt so bad, but it, it's probably the same thing for everybody. Their first hundred. I imagine. Oh yeah. Feet off. My feet just swallow up. I had these huge cankles. It was like. <laughs> I like I couldn't even walk for a few days. I felt like I just had to have my feet up all the time. And so how then, long until you got on ultra sign up again? You were like looking for new races after oh, that. Right? <laughs> you're just so, laying up, your feet are propped up, you got a little bit of ice, you're on ultra sign up looking for the next hundred. So I came in first masters female. Oh wow. For that race. Yeah. Nice. For my first oh, but that's terrible because as we've seen in history, when Jen when Jen does okay, that means like I'm gonna like. that's the indicator oh i got first female Mm, yep okay i'm gonna do this for master female i think i came in like fifth female or something like that but first yeah that's incredible yeah no i was impressed with myself terribly (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you i didn't i wasn't gunning i didn't think i'd ever like do that but um What's funny about that though is I think my time was like the cutoff time for that race is something like 37 hours. Um, and I think my time was like 31 something for that race. So not really fast, not blazingly fast, but it is a tough course. Yeah. Um, and then the next one I did, which was Kettle, um, totally different course, much more rolly hills. Have you guys done that? No. I took 10 hours off my time. Who gets to do that? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I took four hours off of mine and I was like, look at me, be like I'm I'm it. This is it. <laughs> she's over here taking 10 hours. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh I came in third female for that one. So oh wow. Congrats yep. on that. Congrats on that. Yeah, yeah, no. It's whatever, and, but it's just like so crazy that it's 10 hours. that's so nuts yeah when did you uh when did you think that uh a western states when did that start propping up right after superior (laughs) oh right after okay um (laughs) and what year was this 2017 okay so pretty recent then yeah so i i applied that because it was a western states qualifier i'm like well what is western states and what does that mean and you know like okay well i'll throw my ticket in why not yeah let's see what happens I don't think if I would have got picked, I don't know if I could have afforded that year to go out. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, let's see if I get in or not, which I didn't, obviously. Yeah. Um, but and then you decided to chase a qualifier every year after that. Yeah, I actually made that my goal. So and it just became like a thing for me. You know, every year I would run a couple hundreds and um, at least one of them would be a qualifier. And I don't know if you saw my results, but Tunnel Hill is like an early qualifier for the year after almost every year. Um, well, then I started chasing times too, because I got competitive with it as always. And Tunnel Hill is like an amazing course to go and just crush for time. 
Yeah, that's um, just like crushed limestone, not very big elevation gain type stuff. No, right? and the the field is stacked. There's just so many people there. It's got a cool like start finish where you can camp and you just camp out start finish. Like you just kind of bob out 13. You know what I mean? You do them out to max. Oh, okay. Coming back. Yeah. Hmm. So you do like, what is it? 26 out and back. And then you get back to the start finish. You go back another 26 and out back. And then you do that, you know, two more times. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's where Zach Bitter, the year that I ran, it actually set the uh, world record. Oh, or wow. He did set a world record that year. You weren't like trying to compete with the guys that time. <laughs> oh, and... hell no. <laughs> but, but I was trying to compete with the females, though. Okay. I was. And... I came in um, in 18 hours, 47 minutes. And I came in, I think the first year I came in sixth female, which with that many, it's a huge race. So I'm top 10, you get acknowledged for that. I don't get money, but you get it. You get like a special thing for that. And oh, okay. I feel great for it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually that year it was an ultra running magazine twice for like fastest times in the United States. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. but that's because it's flatter races. You gotta yeah. like people gotta know. So like it's still a stacked field. I mean, that's yeah. a yeah, that's a fast one. I was like in the top, I want to say that I was in the top 30 females. And then I then my other one of my other races, like I think probably uh kettle was down, but it was still in the top hundred because it was under 24 hours, you know. Yeah. You know yeah. What it was, but yeah, but I didn't ever do that again. That was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never that fast. I, I ran Tunnel Hill like the next year again, and I, I ran it a bit faster, but, or maybe I was fifth female the first year, sixth the second year, something like that. What all, uh, what, a, what all hundreds have you done? So Western was my 10th, um, hundred. Okay. So, um, the other ones that I've done are Lean Horse. Yep. Tunnel Hill. I've done Hennepin dinosaur hennepin's not in my results because they spell my name wrong it's like they didn't put the period in it uh, so it's all together yeah um i've already asked them about that <laughs> we'll see if it ever they ever fix it but um so i did hennepin yeah western what else did i not say kettle what is dinosaur the dinosaur valley endurance run it's in uh, um texas uh, just outside south and i think west of dallas and there's a park called Dinosaur Valley State Park. Um, I entered that because somebody in the National Guard, uh, uh, she's on, the, so I'm on the endurance or like the marathon team for the guard. So they have each state sends people down to Lincoln every year or every other year now actually to qualify. So we, we go down there, compete against each other and they pick like the top 25 males and the top 15 females. And every year for three, well, three times I've qualified for that team. And another girl on the team from Texas had never done a hundred. And she had said, uh, come on, uh, would anybody want to come do this or whatever? And I was like, I'll come do it with you. She wanted to be her first hundred, but she didn't actually show up. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was right. It was um, military discounts. So it was only $80 too. Oh, and perfect. I almost didn't go. I was like, should I go do that race? I don't know. Like I didn't have a crew. I didn't have anybody with me. Um, but yeah, that race is pretty cool. I mean, the, the, the vibe, the people are amazing. Um, they, they really, really are. I mean that to the bottom of my heart. Like I never had so much great hospitality coming from out of state and not knowing what I was getting myself into clearly. <laughs> I had a really 
terrible time at that race. <laughs> I ended up, I did. I um I was doing really great for the probably the first 50, 60 miles. And then I got some sort of asthmatic symptoms. Um, never happened to me before, but it, it, it it's happened to me a little bit at tunnel because it's gotten down to 17 degrees there. Um, it's in the cold, it seems to be, and with crap in the air. Yeah. But like it's like breathing through a straw. Like you can hear a whistle. Like I'm not even like kidding. It's like it was so hard to go up like hills and things. So I ended up having to walk. And because it was only 27 degrees, this is Texas. I'm like, this is not fair. <laughs> I was trying to get away from this. <laughs> um, it was like 27 degrees and I couldn't keep myself warm because I was walking and I couldn't run because I couldn't breathe. Yeah. So yeah. I ended up walking the last 20 miles of that race. Who puts that race finish. on? <laughs> Who puts that one on? What's that? Who puts that one on? Um, oh shoot. You had to ask is that, that. Is that Taos trails or? No, it's not. It's, and I feel so embarrassed for not remembering them right now, but it's, is it a trot? Of, what is it? Trot trail nope. racing over Texas. Hmm. No, it's not. It's, um, it's not either one of the bigger ones then. No, but they are at Western and they actually get to pick somebody like the race, the lady that's in charge of it. Really? And that's why it's, it's ticking me off that I can't remember it right now. <laughs> Cause she acknowledged me too, after my Western finish and she was like making a big deal. Oh, she was just a dinosaur. And I was almost last place at dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> you go from I'm an 18 trending. hour, 18 hour fifth female finish to last place. <laughs> how, how does that I didn't feel? finish last at dinosaur. There was one more person by me. <laughs> so, so how does that feel going from, you know, First to last, <laughs> top, you know, top 10 to, to last place that, I mean, I mean, I would assume that it has some kind of mental effect on you, like as yeah. you know, your competitive nature, it has to. Yes, um, it does. Um, this, I mean, Western is like unique by itself, though. I wasn't yeah. being competitive at Western, like honestly, I really wasn't. And uh, I wanted to just experience that race for everything it had. I probably should have been a little bit more aggressive than I was. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't have been all the way last, but um, no, the last couple of years, you know, I'm, I'm about, I'll be 49 this year. And just to be clear, like I've been having fueling issues, never had them in those other ones. I don't know why it's starting now, but I believe it's hormonally driven. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm having a little bit of a rough time with that and trying to adjust and the power thing too. It's like, um, my power, like, I just don't know if it's, like I said, it's like ups and downs so much right now. Um, trying to figure it out. I'm getting good advice for some people. Um, I know that there's like a little bit for us women, we get through this little hump and I, apparently on the other side of this, it's, it gets better <laughs> But for now. I just got a deal. And so, yeah, it definitely takes a different mentality. Um, well, not even different. You just got to stick it out. <laughs> Isn't that oh, what hundreds yeah. are about? <laughs> That's what they're all about. Putting one yeah. foot in front of the other. Right. You, you got to have your little mantras to get you through it. <laughs> yeah. And this is like one of those situations where it's like, I got to just figure it out in the moment. Like I have another race coming up. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. I don't. Yeah. I've tried different things. I used to be sort of, um, a lower kind of carb athlete and that worked really well for me, but I don't think it's, I need to work out more now. I need to do more strength training, um, to maintain muscle mass as we grow older, we start to lose those things anyway, like male or female. And I'm just going to have to work harder and protein and all kinds of different things and, and eating during the race. That's a totally different thing. I, I usually can get away with not eating very much. And now I know that's not going to work for me anymore. So I've got to train my gut 
<laughs> so that's, that's been kind of the struggle. That is tough. That's tough. Because, you know, I, well, you could train, 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 you know, for your 20 to 25, however many miles you're doing for your, you know, your training runs. And then when you get that out there on course after 40 miles, you're just like, I don't want to eat anymore. I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. And I never had that issue. I never had that issue before. Even at Hennepin, um, I got to like, I was running great. And then I get to run 50, 60 miles and like everything blew up on me. I've never had that happen before. That was the first time. And, um, my, like, I was like, without getting too detailed, but I was having to go pee all the time, but like, I wasn't peeing very much. I was like, trying to drink water. Like it got to where I couldn't eat at all. Um, and I went probably about 30 miles in that race without eating anything. Wow. Like I would try and it just would come right back up. And I had to stop. I had to stop at an aid station at mile 80 and sit for about 30 minutes with a pancake, some peanut butter and uh, sausage and some syrup and slowly digest, like eat it, like just take my time. And I didn't want to, you just want to like hurry up and get out yeah. of there. I had to like sit there and let my, my everything just kind of calm down. It took like put on like 30 minutes or whatever, but when I got up, I could feel the difference immediately. And I just ran all the way to the finish. I still made it in under 24 hours, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I literally, it slowed me down. I was walking so much from 50 to like 80. <laughs> I know. It's unreal. It's unreal. <laughs> I was like power up like a video game. <laughs> Aren't uh, pancakes, like I call them like pancake tacos, like. With, that's what that know, was i never had it. that before i have never oh, either so i never good. have either until like a race i just did this this year and it's like isn't that the greatest thing in the world oh my gosh well apparently that's you true. uh you still were able to sub 24 it so it must have been <laughs> yeah no that's because i went so fast in the beginning till i fell apart and then i walked just go until <laughs> the wheels fall <laughs> off yeah <laughs> so i built in some buffer time there <laughs> But so yeah, last year at uh, Superior it was the first time I ever had in like I was pacing somebody for the 60, the end of it, and I uh, had that pancake taco with Nutella. Oh, that was amazing. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. Sausage or maybe with bacon. I don't know. And Nutella. Mine was Yum. with bacon. I didn't have the peanut butter and Nutella, but I could see how that would be a that would be a winner for sure. Oh yeah, it's gooey. <laughs> Like so it's savory <laughs> yeah i i'm a big like i love eating bacon on the trail oh, <laughs> oh yeah. that's the best <laughs> yeah bacon and pickles oh, crispy bacon <laughs> and pickles yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think all my ultras up until like i started having these issues i basically all i consumed was ginger ale jolly ranchers pickles and dill pickle juice what wow i'm not kidding i didn't really take in gels um i that was all i fueled on i didn't really use i mean i used some uh electrolyte that didn't have calories in it it was just like salt like element i don't know if yeah. You're thinking, but yeah so yeah. i was using that but other than that that's all i, I used, drank a lot of ginger ale mm. <laughs> and i just kept a slow trickle of uh calories all the time yeah but that's not working for me anymore for some reason, <laughs> I don't know. Let's try something else. Just <laughs> adapt and overcome. That's right. It's just another challenge. We <laughs> complain about it in the beginning, but really it's like that that's part of the joy of ultraning is finding those challenges. If it was just easy all the time, 
what would you do it? For sure. It's never <laughs> easy. Yeah, I don't know who told you that uh, if it's easy all the time. <laughs> Apparently for you, it has been, but well, when you run my flat experience ones. is different. <laughs> Yeah. When you're done in 18 hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's how I made it easy for myself too, right? Because then I'm like, well, at yeah. least like somebody told me a long time ago he does he did Ironmans, but he's he had done hundreds. And he's like, you know what? Hundreds are harder. I mean, than a full Ironman, that's like further. He's like, Yeah, but you get to sleep in your own bed at night when you do Ironman. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just had a I had a buddy who ran his first hundred and he ran a he ran a hard one. Um, he ran Bighorn. He has Ooh, yeah. done multiple Ironmans and he's done some tough ones like uh I can't remember the name of the place where he did, but he's done tough ones like Hilly Course Ironmans. Um uh, and he he said that a 50 miler is harder than um Ironman. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what he said. Because I asked yeah, him but... after he finished his hundred, he said, Oh no, a 50 miler. Well, we went and ran uh quad rock together, which is oh. you know eleven thousand feet of gain, 50 miles. So um his introduction into 50 milers were, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot more than what a, uh, you know, a typical 50 miler is, but, um, yeah, he said a 50 miler is harder than an Ironman. So. Oh, I, probably I, cause you get to break it up. I don't know. I've never done an Ironman. I've done triathlons, but nothing like super long distance, but mm-hmm. I mean, you get to break it up. You're not, you know, walking or running the whole time. So I would assume maybe that's why, but. Yeah. Maybe because it's not like straight endurance, like in one. Yeah. Like you're saying, like, instead of, see, like 50 miles that start at midnight to me, you might as well do a hundred because you're not 50 miler. That would be terrible. Oh, that that's what they have here in Minnesota. That'd be awesome though. (laughs) They start them at midnight and like the hundred miles I've already been running for like a day and a half or whatever, you know, like they start the hundred miles start the at eight o'clock in the morning before. And yeah, when they start at midnight, it's like, but to me, you can't sleep before early. You know what I mean? In that situation. So um, you may as well just do the whole hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Losing all that sleep you anyway. Might as well. you might as well. Yeah, you might as well have another 50 miles on your feet. That's right. <laughs> exactly. My so how many tickets? Miles. How many tickets did you have for the Western States? So I thought I had 32, but actually I think I only had 16 because they had the one year that was a buy year, which I had a qualification race because I did Tunnel Hill like every year, a year in advance. But the 2020 was because of COVID. Yeah. The buyers. I think I, I think it was only 16. Oh, so they didn't count tickets that year. Even no. if you had a qualifier, they didn't let you register. Nobody not, was allowed to the lottery. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. Well, they had already picked people. Well, no. Yeah. So since they had already picked people for that other oh, year, did, so it's like yeah. they just oh, yeah. rolled them over. Gotcha. So they didn't have like a lottery. Which sucks because I'm like, hey, I already have it. <laughs> so 16 tickets, that's pretty good. I mean, getting in at 16, that's that's not bad. That's yeah, that's I thought yeah. it was like it took forever. <laughs> well, <laughs> like every year. So uh, let me just set the stage. Uh you're sitting on your couch watching mm-hmm. the live stream with 16 tickets. When I, I don't, I actually have no idea if this is what you did, but. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're getting it all wrong, actually. <laughs> I'm just assuming that's what you did. Cause that's, that's no. what I did last year with my one ticket. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no, I did that every year until last year because you get so disenchanted. You're like, oh, I'm not going to get in. <laughs> oh, and so I, the year, it, you know, I heard another podcast uh, this week where the individual 
he did not watch he watched every year and this year he was just like well i'm probably not going to get in so i'm going to go do something else and he got a phone call and that I was, was like, do i need to just me. skip it this year and <laughs> i didn't just skip it i woke up oh you're talking about your friend sorry yeah um i woke up and i you know i had a, an appointment with a client somebody potentially wanting to join the guard and so i went to go interview them and uh, i believe it was 11 o'clock this time and i knew that that that's when it was going on and i remembered to check it in the morning and kind of like talk to a couple of my friends about it but then i totally forgot about it and i put the kid on a test like you know the pre-test for the asvab yeah and um just see how they did or whatever and while they were testing my phone started blowing up <laughs> from friends who had <laughs> seen my name called oh and awesome they were like congratulations i'm like <laughs> I didn't even like register for a second. I'm like, for what? <laughs> this guy's taking the test, not me. Like, because I'm potentially getting someone in the guard? Really? Like, never cared before. <laughs> you, know, like, you guys don't even care about that stuff. Like, but no. And I was like, oh, you guys are talking about Western. You're kidding, right? I got picked? <laughs> no way. That's awesome. I was like, yeah. I was like, and I'm all alone in this armory with this kid. Like, <laughs> you can't even celebrate because you're just in there screaming and he's like oh, myself, yeah. I, I don't want to join now like let me get out of here <laughs> i know right who's this crazy lady that like, wants to run 100 miles <laughs> she better not think i'm gonna do that <laughs> no that guy did join you're in 100 miles you're in <laughs> he said that? That i did join he did <laughs> he actually just went to basic training yesterday oh so, nice yeah so what did your training look like leading up to Western? Cause you know, primarily the races you've ran have been flatter races. So yeah. how did you, how did you change your, your training and your, your mindset to run a, a tough so, hundred? I, okay. So I, I did not, what I kind of focused my training on was that I heard so much about the descents, like people's quads and everything so I was just like I'm just gonna try so we I don't it's flat where I live um the closest like park I can go to to run on trail that has like some not not elevation but like climbs is Whitewater State Park and that's where I trained for Superior and that is perfect like for the 40,000 feet that I had to do at you know change at uh, Superior so I thought that's the best I can do. Cause it's most easily acceptable for me. I can't train for elevation. Um, I started in January and you really couldn't go to the park then, you know, in the snow, yeah. a little too dangerous then that time of year. But so I just started just putting miles on immediately. And then later on, um, as soon as I could, I was trying to get in the heat as much as I could. Um, cause that's always been a worry of mine going to Western California in June where like here in Minnesota, it's just cold. You should understand in Alaska, it must be difficult <laughs> for anything hot there. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, yeah. That's why I'm sticking to uh, cooler races, I think. Well, I say that now. We'll see what you happens. You should come do Arrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> watch you. Um, but yeah, so I just try to focus on that um, and getting as much up and down, up and down as possible. But wow, if I now having done it, I would have done it a little bit different. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't know until you do it that's so, true that's true I tried not to study the course too much and people were like well watch movies and I'm like no I don't really want to know 
I don't want to know what I don't need to know yet. There is so much out there too. I would be that like, yeah. I would be that technical guy. I'd watch every single thing. I'd listen to every podcast. I would I call AJW like weekly with a meeting for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am that way. I tend to do that. But here's the thing is I knew there were so many things I just couldn't. First of all, I knew I was going there and not going to be, it was going to be for the experience not try to be too competitive with this race at all. I mean, I had a few couple of races there. Like I told you, I was having these problems anyway. So it was like, it was just a better mindset for me going into it. Like I can't, I mean, it's going to be June after this long ass winter that we have here. Um, I, I can only do what I can do. Go and train as hard as I can. I know there's going to be heat. I know it's going to be elevation. Can't do anything about that. Um, all I can do is hard stuff. So get on the trail as much as I can. Um, get as much technical as I can, um, and get as much heat as I can. And that's kind of just all I lashed onto okay. for training. I have a coach. Um, his name is Mike Forrest. He's with trail transformation out of Wisconsin. Um, but I, you know, and he knows he's got plenty of athletes that, um, that makes it easier for me to, to be a little lazier about, I used, I never had a coach until, I came back in the guard actually probably 2019 or 2020 is when I got him that way he could sort of structure everything. And I don't have to think about that. <laughs> Isn't it? I nice? just get on my phone. <laughs> oh, this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> I love that. You know? It just makes it a little easier. I mean, before that I would be like, Oh, I just need to do back-to-back long runs on the on Saturday, Sunday. And then, but I would never do speed work, you know? So with well, you didn't with have the- to do an 18 hour hundreds. I don't think that was necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just run a marathon for speed work you know like <laughs> just go out and do a three-hour marathon for speed work well yeah I and doing training for those i that did make training easier for me because you could run on the road yeah you know you don't have to you know didn't have to find that technical trail training for superior i, I mean i grind i totally was like i lived out at that whitewater i did 30 miles out there in training wow. you know I've done 50 miles out there actually on that. And no one else has that. I, to my knowledge, anyways, um, <laughs> the year, the COVID year for like my own little FKT. I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> <out> here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So walk us through the uh, race day. Ooh, so, um, yeah, like we, I drove out there with one of my friends who's a teacher. She had summer off we decided to drive out because I mean, that would mean that like the journey there would be kind of fun, you know, like stop, we stopped in Utah and um, get to drive through Wyoming, Nevada, the high desert. It was beautiful. Yeah. And we got there Wednesday cause we had to pick up somebody in Reno and then I had to go right away and pick up another guy in Sacramento. Um, and I actually stayed at um, in Citrus Heights at an Airbnb there that I got a great deal on. It was really nice too. Um, These people you picked up, were they your pacers and crew? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My pacers and crew. Yeah. Did you know them or did you just kind of? Oh no. Yeah. The, so the story behind that is Sarah, the teacher that I was telling you about, she's been at every single one of my hundreds oh, wow. except for Texas that nobody came to. Was she the one that was <laughs> supposed to be there that wasn't there? No, there actually. <laughs> how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> there was supposed me. to be. You told huh? us, you told us. You told oh us, yeah, yeah, I had a friend that was, oh, did I see that? Oh my gosh, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I I actually did have, oh no, that that was a, somebody from the National Guard. But, oh, okay, I got you. But no, one of my uh, uh, other pacers, Alex was supposed to come with me, but he had a family situation in which uh, he wasn't able to come. 
Um, but no, all three of them have paced me. So Brian Mansky from Wisconsin, he actually paced uh, me at Superior for 60 miles. Wow. So like, there's like, yeah, he, he paced the whole thing. And I actually never met him till the day of the race. <laughs> and what's interesting, what's super interesting also about that story is that last year I got asked to pay somebody. This is super weird. Um, and I didn't know him either, but he was from Auburn, California. And his name is Mike Turner. And he couldn't understand why I would pace him for 60 miles. I'm like, well, somebody did it for me once. And we became really great friends. And so I know how that, that experience can really like, it can be an amazing one. So like, yeah. I'll do that for you. And, and he got to tell me all about Western. And this is before I got picked to come into Western. So that's so interesting, right? Yeah, that's cool. I think it is it's <laughs> sort of like, what's going on? What are these forces here? <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause I really didn't think I was ever going to get picked. And then, you know, I just volunteered to help this guy out. Um, and that was like, you know, running 60 miles of freaking superior is like, you might as well just run the hundred. Why did I do that? I don't know. But was, <laughs> so hard. Sign up for the hundred with him. So anyways, go back was it, to, was it the next oh, year after pacing him that you got into yes. Western? Yes. Mm. So September. Something's fishy I, here. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's really weird how that happened. Hey, if anybody needs pacing from Auburn, I'm uh, available. <laughs> well, he's never run it. You guys, he lives in Auburn and he's never run it oh. yet. And really? he volunteers, you know, every year. So that way you, you can get like, you know, I don't know how it works exactly, but if you run an aid station or you work at aid stations, you know, each one of those aid station captains, I believe can like pick somebody to run. Oh, okay. They do. Yeah. So like he does it every year and he's, he's doing every angle he can get to get in that race. And he lives <laughs> right in Auburn. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It's crazy. And he actually is a podcaster too. I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Don't ask me anything, but I can't remember right now, but, <laughs> um, but so, yeah. Um, so then we, so that's one of my pacers, Brian Mansky. I paced him for 60 miles and then Alex Bartley has paced me many times at like tunnel Hill. And so, yeah, that's how I picked those three, like Sarah's been at all of them. She actually ran superior the year I ran it. Oh, cool. So she ran the whole thing. Yeah. So she didn't actually pace me or crew me though, but she's been out there at lean horse and it's just been her and I sometimes where she's like going from AC, she'll like run a few miles with me and then run back to her vehicle and then go to the next aid station, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause we just didn't have any help, you know, it's just, yeah. so yeah, we've just, we've been together. So I'm like, th those are the people that I'm bringing with me to Western, right. They've been For there sure. and I wanted to make sure they got paid back. So we get into Citrus Heights and like the next day, Thursday is there's scheduled things over in, um, at Olympic Valley, but I, I, I was like, no, I don't want to go to anything this early. That's too early. <laughs> Check myself out. <laughs> so we messed around. We went to sightseeing, did some things, got some, you know, we actually went shopping. I think I went to REI like three times. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Last night, all new, all new, just don't, anything new on race day. Jen's over there. Oh, no, REI, there's all kinds all of new kinds things of on race day. <laughs> <laughs> there's all new, kinds. Wearing new shorts. <laughs> That's what you tell the new people. You tell them don't do these things, but then you do all of those things. You know, I've done that <laughs> plenty of times. New yeah. stuff on race day all the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as far as food goes, like you're just going to eat like whatever looks good. If you can find something to look good for you, like make it sexy. <laughs> <Just> buy as <laughs> many things as you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
you never know that might be right? good <laughs> so we didn't go up there but did a bunch of impulse shopping and then the next morning we went out to to enjoy the day get you know the bib and all those things and like go back to elevation you know the drive there i had been in wyoming and we'd been in elevation overnight a few times and you get the bubbles in your belly and it's like ah but i I decided like, I know some people go like a week or two ahead and like try to get used to elevation. I just, I've always been like, you either go in it all the way ready or you don't even try (laughs) at all. Like, I don't want to be in between, Yeah, you know, that's worse. Starting the race out. Like if I would have started out, like just sort of that transition that I've experienced living in Colorado, I know what that feels like. So like, I know it's better for me to just show up. And then just kind of go up the elevation. And then, you know, the rest of the race is like a net down, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going down. At some point, you're not even at ele- above 5,000 anymore. So that's what I was hoping for. You're banking on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all I got. It's again, it's like, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> I don't have elevation, so I can't train for it. I didn't have the luxury of being able to go out there a couple of weeks prior. Um, and just like live in California or whatever. So <laughs> That just wasn't like something I could do. So yeah, just did, did you, what I did. Could you hit do. up the camp? What's did that? you go to? Did you go to the camp on Memorial Day weekend? No. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, that just that would have been. I just couldn't afford. I couldn't leave. Yeah. At the time. No. Yeah. 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 I feel so, like for us regular people, the camp is sometimes not. <laughs> it's like yeah, I no, can't that's go not twice. Yeah. If I lived a little yeah. closer or something. Yeah, possibly for sure. Yeah. So yeah, we went up. Um, so race morning, the, the day before we went up, got our bib and everything. And like I was already sort of like freaking out that day because when they when you get in line, like I, I don't know, maybe it was just the thin air, but I was already sort of like, okay, I'm please somebody lead me around this place. Like this, I was on cloud nine, just getting my race bib. They had like all kinds of like, you know, elite runners out there helping you with your um get your packet and everything ready and they give I'm you sure the whole experience swag. like leading up to it is amazing yes it's something else and the swag has got to be crazy too the swag was great it was I, really I can only imagine yeah i'm a big swag guy i want swag i know right <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was pretty good they gave us like some cool shoes what do you call what? those rocks with western states on them i got some western states sunglasses Nice. Yeah, like the mountains on the side there. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, just I can't even remember. Uh, we got a cool bag from Hoka. Um, yeah, I can't even remember everything right now. But you don't get like your finisher shirt or anything until you finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> or your buckle, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was yeah, there was some other some free stuff bottles and things like that. It was pretty cool. And then there's like kind of like an expo. I don't know what they call it, but there, you know, there's kind of like an expo type thing there where you go and I saw all kinds of people out there too. Um, and you get free stuff there too. And then they had like the race meeting and then the race meeting, um, was mostly kind of like, they talked about sort of like the top people, you know, the, the elites and stuff a little bit. And they had a bunch, they had a bunch of stuff going on there, but, um, I couldn't really hear it, honestly. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I really couldn't. <laughs> There's a huge crowd, and where I was sitting at, the acoustics weren't great. And so, as soon as we were able to, we took off. Um, and as we were going out, it's really this is interesting. 
So as we're going out to the parking lot to leave, Courtney DeWalter and her mom pass by and uh, one of my pacers go, go Minnesota, because we're all from Minnesota. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so then we went home, whatever. And then I had to go to bed pretty early and get up the next morning. Yeah, it's an early, early like start. Halfway. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good distance away. Yeah. Yeah, only 30 minutes from the finish, but an hour and a half from the start. <laughs> Okay. I mean, that's where I wanted to be personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes more sense. Be close to the finish. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> like, I'm done. Okay, I want to go to bed now. <laughs> yeah. Shower. You got bed. all that energy on the way there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you're not sleeping that night, anyways. You know, it's no. like. Yeah. <laughs> there's no chance the night for Western states. You're really getting a good uh, night of sleep. We get up we at get like a good one. week of sleep. Exactly. It's just you, so just you had to get up real early to make the 5 a.m. start. Yeah, we had to be up at like one in the morning. Wow. And then and then hit the road right away. Get there. I think we got there around. Well, we got there for around four by the time we were ready and rolling and get their waters, bottles filled and everything. And um, and I always I have the routine of I've got to like shower and do everything like the I don't know it's dumb you're just gonna run 100 miles and be smelly but <laughs> I have to start out feeling like an a million bucks to begin with for some okay. reason all right that's how I want to start <laughs> maybe do like a before and after picture <laughs> <laughs> but especially like I basically got a few baths during that race as it was <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> So I don't understand why I had to do that, but um, yeah, I'd get there. It was dark when we started at five in the morning. It's a pretty early race start, which I'm sure is because usually it's really hot and yeah. um, it's trying to get, get ahead of that heat. So yeah. You want me to continue? Go I'm for almost. it. Yeah. yeah okay. Go for it. So <laughs> yeah, we're uh, looking up at the escarpment. I almost pooped my pants. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> Why am I doing this? I usually don't get really like nervous. Like before um superior for before my first hundred, I definitely I remember sitting down, like everybody's kind of milling around and kind of you know hanging out. They always joke, we're gonna walk, and everybody does walk the, the beginning of superior, even though it's not an uphill. They just walk on the road, they're like, it's the road, we're just gonna walk. We got 99 <laughs> more miles to go, and it's sort of like a tradition, you know, That's everybody's cool. kind of together, nobody's racing that part, and they're just kind of like hanging out. Oh, that's cool. But I remember sitting down and getting really quiet. And that's what I did for this one, too. I was like, I just don't even want to talk right now because I can't just believe so you can see it. A lot of times you can't see your first climb, you know, because you got to like run a road and get up to it. And then, oh, I know. But the escarpment, no, you can you see can it right see from it. the beginning. Yep. <laughs> I saw it the day before, too. <laughs> you can see it. You're like, I, and then you're looking out in the mountains, too. Like, even the day before, I'm like, that really psyched me out too. I was that's what I was nervous about doing when I got there. Cause it's just, you know, the mountains. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't believe I'm gonna run hundred miles through that. And I have no idea. Like I did not study the race. I didn't know, like, I didn't even know the aid stations really, other than I knew Force Hill and I knew Michigan. And I just cause those are the places where I was gonna be picking people up. I could look for them. And but and I knew about the uh raft. <laughs> you know, and I knew about the 
apparently they said it would be thigh high water. I'm five foot one. It was not thigh high. <laughs> uh, that was, was your... like how high up to was my it? boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was way up there. Whose thigh um, did they think that was going to be up to? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for like Scott Jurek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> but not for Jen Sinemon, who's only five. <laughs> but that was okay because it was so I was sort of warm at that point. <laughs> so got to go for a little bit of a swim. That's awesome. <laughs> but they had a rope. Oh my so I gosh. <laughs> I can't imagine. That's so funny. <laughs> there was a ton of water crossings, you guys. Yeah. Um, they weren't all that was one of the that was the biggest, like the deepest one, but there was a ton of them. Like that, they don't tell you about that in the race description. I don't think they do. I didn't read it very well though. <laughs> you, did. you didn't study it. There might be like I didn't study it because I knew that. What's that? I said the race description might have said, "Oh, there's 20 water crossings." <laughs> yeah, they don't say that in there. I th- all I saw for water crossing was when they talk about the one where we're gonna have to use the um, the raft this year mm-hmm. because it was the water runoff was too high, and that was like crazy, like. That water was so deep. I, I'm like, I, it's hard to believe that people normally could cross that, like in normal years, that it'd be like much, so much lower. Like it was really deep. <laughs> yeah. And they had those big old rafts. You guys well, seen them before? Was it in that where Jim Wamsley almost like floated down and they just told him I to believe stand it. up? <laughs> yeah. That's the American River, I think is what it's called. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's swift. <laughs> <laughs> I try to scare you guys or whatever, but it's a good thing they had rafts. That's all I got to say. There's no, you'd have to like, even if you swam across, it'd be tough to swim across. Yeah. You know, because it was like going really well, you know, it's pretty swift. Um, but yeah, so just freaked out a little bit, um, got my shit together. And then <laughs> all you could do is like, okay, I'm just going to take it moment by moment. And um, just started walking up that escarpment not running <laughs> yeah. that's the start of the race <laughs> nope, and you're walking. not everybody is everybody's walking yeah i mean other than the elites who take off first can you um, just see their headlamps just way up there yeah you know honestly by the time we started like i never used my headlamp once oh really at the beginning of that race no okay. i mean it was already getting light enough because you're so high up so yeah. the, the sun is starting to peak out already like you could see you don't need a headlamp to start i had it with me just in case but didn't need it um start going up that definitely go all the way to the top sorry i have a cat (laughs) she's bothering me right now um (laughs) and (laughs) um went all the way to the top and took it took my time and like looked back just to because everybody said oh make sure you look back make sure you enjoy it i'm like all right so i did that a lot of people were doing that um but the snow uh yeah that was a big story for me the first 30 miles of that race was snow Wow. It wasn't, I don't know if you guys read different things. I know I have, people were saying it was 10 miles before I started. They're like, oh, there's about 10 miles of straight snow. And some people were saying there was about 20 miles. No, the first 50 K was all snow. Wow. Yeah. Even well, coming up to that, that. station. You were good at that though. Ah, you would think. <laughs> this isn't the kind of snow. This isn't, yeah, this was like. <laughs> How do I describe it? So like once you get up the ski hill kind of area, right? And you get up over into the um like BLM land or whatever it's called mm-hmm. there in California, where it's like there's like one part of the course, I believe, that 
isn't part of the normal trail because it goes through this land that they got grandfathered. They're able to run, still use it after all these years, but it's like what wilderness, right? And it's just like rolling, rolling hills of like snow, like quick, like the, like the kettle moraines, but it, you know, it's the kettles, but it's the moraines, but it's like just snow. And people were like, you couldn't really, you could run up them a little, but then you had to like slide down them on your butt. And like people were getting taken out like bowling pins. Oh my going gosh. Down them. There's no, there was no place like, hold on. There was blood on the snow. There was blood on the snow from people getting scraped up on it. It was, uh. and it was super slushy. So like, yeah, 30 miles of that. Imagine it. And then, yeah, some of the really big climbs trying to get up them on that snow and you just keep falling back down. Oh sometimes. no. And you couldn't see the trail either because there was no trail. It was all covered in snow. Yeah. And it wasn't like a couple inches of snow. It was like these big drifts of snow that you were, you didn't have to post hole through them per se. Like somehow, I don't know how, maybe because it was early enough during the day where it was still cooler because the overnight temps, you were able to be on top of it kind of. But when you go down, like whenever you start going down, like forget it, like then it would give out. So yeah. So wow. that was made for a slow first 50K. Yeah. Um. And I'm sorry, I gotta let this cat out. No, oh. go for it. <laughs> <It's> annoying. <laughs> I didn't know she was in here. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So that made it for pretty slow first 50K. Then um, met up with my crew. And I remember talking to them and thinking, guys, I want to make sure you guys are able to run this race. I better keep going. <laughs> so I remember kind of being a little nervous about that too. Um, thinking, I don't know, like if uh, hopefully the rest of this race isn't more snow, you know, like I, I, can I, I did second guess myself at that point. I'm like, wow, that went way slower than I thought it was going to yeah. be. And you just, I mean, you didn't know if there was gonna be snow the rest of the way. I mean, yeah, I just really did it. I didn't know what to expect. And I was right. Cause <laughs> there wasn't any more snow. I mean, there was a little bit, but yeah. Um, nothing I would talk about. And, but the, the next big challenge for me was those canyons. Those canyons are not like, I feel like, I feel like I did not know how, um, challenging they would be. I think mm -hmm. I didn't know because I didn't study the course. Like yeah. I should have probably, but what did you find challenging about them? Well, wow. That, uh, devil's thumb, um, so steep. Like I'm used to like, like kind of switchbacks or like climbs like sideways climbs you know i'm used to that whatever but this was like it felt like you were going straight up at the devil's thumb and it was like 30 minute miles almost it was like 28 minutes i kept looking at my watch i'm like wow i feel like i was taking baby steps just to get up <laughs> so steep <laughs> and i wasn't the only one everyone was yeah it was like pushing on their haunches just to get up there is so slow um and somebody told me on the way up oh yeah there's somebody you know what uh at the top of this you get to have um, a popsicle. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. So like, get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> like a little freaking kid, you know, like, <laughs> about that right now. But hey, it was something to focus on, right? I get to have a popsicle when I get to the top. Good job, Jen. <laughs> so I get to the top and I'm like, hey, I heard you guys have popsicles. Why, yes, we do. I'm like, great. That's awesome. <laughs> I sat down and then this is when I first met up with Mark Smith. Um, he's another uh, runner from Minnesota. And I, you know, I've no, he's run Western before, once before. 
And he really gave me a really great pep talk at that point. He was like, oh, you got this. I'm like, are you sure I'm not going too slow? I said, I only have like an hour buffer right now. And he's like, oh no, we're fine. He's like, as long as you get to Forest Hill and you, you maintain at least an 18 minute or pace or better for the rest of the way, you'll be just fine. I'm like, okay. Like I don't, like, I don't know any different. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you, you've run it before. Like, okay. So, <clears throat> but then the rest, just a little, the rest of the race, him and I were like, uh, what do you call leapfrogging? Oh, okay. Um, so he would, he like took off strong and then I would take off strong and pass him. Um, and it's so funny because like later on, he even told me at the end, after the race was over, he's like, I thought for sure you weren't going to make it. <laughs> but, <laughs> he didn't think that then though, to be fair, he thought that the last, the last two miles. He was like, all you got to do is an <laughs> 18 minute me. mile. That's it. All you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Then he could think that. Keep moving. <laughs> But yeah, so then, um, let's see from there. Um, I thought, okay, my next goal was just to get what the, the first, what, where's the, you get to take the case around Michigan, right? I have to look cause <laughs> no, don't remember. I don't know. Well, after devil's thumb, then you go, yeah, you go back down and you have to go to another, there's another climb that's three miles long. And he, and Mark told me, He's like, oh, the next one's worse. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And also another theme to this race is whenever you go up, you're going to come down. Yeah. And whenever you come down, you're going to go up, right? Um, which is hilarious because when my pacers were pacing me, they're like, well, look, Jan, this is nice. At least we're going down. I said, yeah, but that means we're going to have to go up. <laughs> yeah. So don't enjoy it. <laughs> and then we'll be going up. Like, oh, at least you have to run right now. You can just climb. I'm like, yeah, but that means we're going to have to go down. <laughs> there is no solace. Do not take solace to any of this. Just keep grinding, <laughs> you know? Um, but so, yeah, then I get to pick up my, um, pay, after the three, that last climb, then I, at the top of that, then you get to pick up your pacers finally, which nice. I thought I was going to get there so much earlier. I thought I wasn't going to be able to pick up a pacer until the next aid station. Because if you get there too early, like it's not near dusk, I, I want to say if you get there on six, which the, for the 24 hour pace, um, you should be getting there around that time. And then the next aid station, you could pick up your pace to there. Well, I, I didn't get to that aid station until like eight 30, <laughs> somewhere between eight and eight 30. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's when I really started to realize, like, I am, I need to pay attention to my cutoffs. Yeah. You know, I really need to, I really need to start paying attention. So I started to try and make a bigger, um, buffer mm -hmm. and i actually at some point did like i had it up to like an hour and a half so i was doing better but overnight i lost so much time because my headlamp malfunctioned and so it was getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and before i could get to the next aid station to switch out my headlamp it was like i i had to go so slow because i couldn't see for miles and miles and miles um it was just like that until we got to um the raft and then, yeah, right after that, I was able to pick up a headlamp and then I could take off again. And then, um, but then I stopped eating it just, so you know what I mean? There's one thing after yep. another then at that point. Um, and then it's dark now, you know, at this point in the race, you're not seeing a whole lot. Um, but then it started, then I picked up after the raft, I picked up another pacer, a different pacer. My uh, first pacer was Brian Mansky. And then I picked up Alex Bartley. 
Um, and Alex and I have trained probably the most together. So, um, like he, he really knows like how to entertain me <laughs> because at this point when you're, when you're pushing, you really can't talk. And that's what I've even told him. I'm like, I can't talk right now. Yeah. So you have to do the talking or whatever you want to do. I don't care. You can just sit there in silence. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Just be there for me. <laughs> just be yeah. there. But he doesn't, he doesn't do that. Like he sings like, <laughs> cause really like he's at a point where like I'm running, but he can walk almost as fast as I'm running, <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of hate too. Like, I'm like, I'm glad you're behind, stay behind me. I don't want to see that. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but you can walk. <laughs> but he'll be singing anything, you guys, from like Garth Brooks. He knows all the words and sings like just perfectly on tune to like rap music from like the 90s. <laughs> like, <laughs> perfect. Oh, yeah. Your own little Spotify <laughs> playlist. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Okay. So that's really like there was a part where I was like, ah, oh, it was so hard. He's like, Jen. This is what you got to do. <laughs> you got to pull out your pants and fuck the hills. That's it all. I like that. I like that. Oh, it's, I like great. That it's a great mantra. That's yeah, that is. Great. That's okay. Just pull down your pants. <laughs> you guys, I didn't say this on anybody else's podcast. So. Oh, well, we feel special then. I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like you didn't understand. I this is how- the golden hour. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, that's all I had to do. Was pull out my pants and the hills, you couldn't say that in front of Courtney, probably. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to so bad, but I didn't. <laughs> she would I think enjoy she it. Would, I think she, she would, would enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She would enjoy it. I do. Um, but it just didn't seem appropriate. That <laughs> <laughs> so that really got me going. So like, I was just like, I started running 14 minute pace, but also I took down, I had a Morton's gel with caffeine. And, um, like I said, I wasn't eating and I finally, yeah, have you guys ever tried that? I haven't tried them yet. Yeah. A lot of people have been talking about them, but I haven't tried them yet. <sighs> very well, the gel is not very appetizing as far as the consistency. It's like trying to swallow I don't, I can't even, I don't have anything to compare it to. It's so thick. Mm. And if you're already nauseous, like I couldn't put anything in my mouth. Like, so like, I, I just was like, I just got to, so I forced it and my body, like as soon as it got in my throat, it was like, nope, you're coming back up. It was like, I was gagging and not just gagging. I was like, literally like full on, like it wanted me to throw up. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And I, I struggled <laughs> for five minutes, oh. five minutes. And I kept it down. And I drank some water. All of a sudden it stopped fighting me. And wow, that helped. <laughs> that helped. And so then every like 45 minutes after that, I was taking something in um, gel wise. I could do that now. Um, it didn't love it. Like I tried uh, my UCAN gels. It wasn't, my body wasn't a fan of that, but I had another Morton's gel later on. The caffeine I think helped too. Yeah. <clears throat> I usually don't take a lot of caffeine during races until like late at night, just because I'm like, I drink coffee in the morning. I, it just, my tolerance would get too high. It just wouldn't do anything. I think. So I just kind of try to make sure I just take it at the right times. Um, but yeah, that really helped. And I, but still somehow I lost my buffer. I don't know how, but I was down to like 30 minute buffer, you know? And I'm like, what's going on? Like I was going faster than I had in miles. And 
Um, then we got to, I gotta look on my, then the daylight came out when I was with Alex. And then we got to um, Painted Rocks when I switched out. Well, before that though, yeah, it was right before that when I saw Scott Jurek and I didn't know it was them. Um, I come down the aisle, I'm like, that guy really looks like Scott Jurek. <laughs> um, and I had to go to the potty though. So I, I went to the potty. I was like, I told Alex, like, I got to go to the potty. So I went and did my potty break. And then um, I came out and Scott Jurek was telling us like, oh, you just got to do 18 uh, minute miles the rest of the way. You'll be just fine. Um, you just got to make sure you do 18 miles, 18 minute miles or better. Um, this is like, I don't, like I said, it was a couple hours or something, right? Left. And I was like starting to get pretty nervous at this point. And hearing him tell me that like made me feel good. But then I was like, wait a minute, how many hills are left? He's like, well, you got to go two miles up. And I didn't hear anything else after that. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, are you serious? Go up 18 minute miles uphill. <laughs> there will be no resting. <laughs> you will Don't not. Time. Yeah. Don't have time. Next few hours. Don't even allow that to come into your brain, right? Like there's no more buffer. It's it's gone. Like you just need to go. Um yeah, and I needed to just go all the way. So then um, went up two miles. I don't know how. <laughs> went to the next aid station, and that's where I got Sarah again. She had she had paced me for the first five, and then we switched out, and then you know then it was Brian and then Alex, and then I got got her back again for the last um, five six miles or whatever it is. Um, so we left that spot, and that's pretty warm. It started to get warm here. Um, the, the next, I didn't really notice the heat too much the first day. I mean, I could, maybe I was just tolerating it better. Um, cause I mean, I went through the canyons and everything and they were warm. Don't get me wrong, but like I was, I felt, oh, well, I just, I'm trained for this. Yeah. So I did try, I trained adequately for that apparently, but it wasn't as hot they say as it has been in previous years. So, um, but the second day I started to get hot, I believe just because I was all the effort, you know, you're going through all those hills. That's where I would notice it is like going up, I would just start to get so hot. It was overwhelming. And I would have to lean over. All the hills were just taking their toll on my back. Hmm. My back was just a wreck. And so we um we leave that, I don't even know what it's called here. Point of rock or yeah, point of rocks. And um that's kind of like a grassy area. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, but you guys haven't been there, right? No. No, it's like this grassy area that you can sort of feel the heat there. And from there, you have to run up to uh, across the bridge. No hands bridge. Yeah. Um, that's when you really felt the heat. Like when I was going across that bridge, it was long too. that. That bridge is pretty long. You get across it and you could just feel the heat coming off the wind. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I had to take like a short little 15 second like feel sorry for myself break and then keep going <laughs> <laughs> up the hill. And then when I get up to Roby's point, which is like the last couple miles, um, but by the way, Ro like going up that hill, I don't even know how long it is, but let me tell you, it's extremely technical going up there too. And you're not ready for that at that point in the race. You're like, yeah, you're, please let this be just an easier climb, but <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's a tough climb. And on top of it, it's technical. So you have to like bounce around trying to get to make, make your way up. Um, and there were people throwing up on that hill that I passed. Um, people stopped saying they were done. They can't make it. Like, I'm like, what is, what is going on with this carnage going up this hill? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's not what I need to see right now. <laughs> 
So, and I was starting to get disoriented too. Cause like I said, anytime I was going up, it was like, I was losing the, my power was max. I was redlining, you know, just redlining and just getting out of breath, which when you train for these things, you don't think you're going to be out of breath. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, you get, you get a lot of endurance. You've got a good VO2 max, you know, from all the training. So it, it's not, I think you're not out of breath or I don't think I was out of breath because of lack of training. It's just uh, too much effort. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the heat and trying to cool myself off and I get it to the top and there are people running at me, like all these people, these aid station volunteers, you're almost there. What do you need? You know, and then they're coming, they're bringing buckets of water and sponges and like one right after another, like one, she needs water. Like they're yelling and like somebody's bringing water and then they're dumping water over me. And then that person would run off. And then another person would be right there with more water <laughs> all the way up. Yeah. It was That's awesome. Wow. I was like, this is crazy. So I didn't, I was still, I was kind of walking right here when I was going up. And then, then you go up and then you kind of take a right on this, I don't know what you call it, a ridge, but you're like at the top and then you're going to take another left and you're going to go down towards Auburn. And I do not recollect that part very well. Like I just like booked it as fast as I could. Um, and th- really those aid station people really helped me out with the water. They filled up, put ice in my water, all this kind of stuff and just cools me off enough to where I could make it down to there. Some people started running with me from that point that I didn't know. I didn't know these people. They were running and they were yelling at me, just go. And then they were like, follow. They made Sarah. Sarah usually like she always jokes around that she's not really much of an ultra runner. She doesn't run fast. You know, like she likes to walk every single hill, like no matter what. Like, And she's like, she th- she thinks I'm like super fast. And she's like, uh, she's like, like even later, she's like, I can't believe they were making me run in front of you. <laughs> she's like scared. <laughs> And I was like disoriented. Did you think I could keep up with you? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> so she was running down the hill and they kept saying, just look at her feet. I don't know why they said this, but I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll, I'll do whatever anybody says at this point. Just to make <laughs> I think they were trying to make me focus because I was yeah. disoriented. And I like any little like loose rock or anything had me just out of it. Like I was like, uh, you know. And I, I get down to the bottom. We're in town on pavement at this point. I'm, about, I'm kind of coming around this corner. You have to go around a corner, go up another hill, then take a left down a hill towards the track. Like you're going to go into a high school track, like this, you know, fenced yeah, yeah. in. So before that, though, as I'm, I always tell people about this because I'm, I keep hoping somebody's going to email me and tell me who this person was. But I'm coming around this track, or not the track, but in town there. And, um, somebody passed out and there was like a station people came. Um, cause there's another kind of, there's a bunch of people down there. I don't know if it's really, it's not an official aid station, but there's people waiting. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of those people started running with me as well. So I probably had like, I swear 40, 60 people with me oh my gosh. <laughs> in an ultra behind me. You Weird, have no idea right? who these people were. <laughs> You barely find that many spectators at any other matter, let alone. You finish, there's like three people in the end. You got 60 people bringing you in. Hey, I won a race. I didn't see that many people. Nobody even cares. (laughs) So anyway, um, this guy passed out. And then when we, we, then we had to go up another flipping hill, which I was so mad about. (laughs) Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to like sprint. Yeah. Um, I had no idea how much time I had left. I knew because if I knew if I looked down at my watch, everybody would yell at me. 
<laughs> and they're like, just, just run. You don't have time to look at your watch. <laughs> so I was just running up this hill or whatever. And then as we were taking that left um, to go down again, another, I don't know how far, it's an eighth of a mile probably. Um, this, um, no, a fire truck comes barreling down the middle of the road at us to go help whoever it was that passed out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm just wondering who that is. And I don't know. I don't to this day know who that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we come down that hill and then um, I enter the track and as I'm entering the track, somebody says, you're going to have to go. And it was one of the people that came for me all the way from Ruby's point. He was like, you're going to have to go four times around this track. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Is there really that much left to the hundred miler? So then I started going around this track and I'm going at like top speed here, you know, on a good day, I could probably manage like, you know, six thirty sub six minute pace. I'm going like probably eight minute pace <laughs> and it feels like I'm flying. Like, you know, it feels like I'm flying. Right. And, um, but it hurts. So it's taking every, Oh, I can't of, even imagine. It hurts so much. And I'm still <laughs> so disoriented. Um, and everybody's screaming from all sides. Now there's people behind me running with me. There's people on both sides of the track that are coming onto the track as I'm running by and running behind me. It was like insane. Um, and I turn around the corner and I look and I see the clock and I saw the clock was on all four, you know, all the lanes of this. So I knew whoever told me, I'm like, that's bull crap because, um, they, that would mess up the timing yeah. if I went over that far time. <laughs> <laughs> So like instantaneously, even though I'm disoriented, I instantaneously recognized that that was not true. And I'm like, that's it. I got this. I, it was 29 hours, 59 minutes. I don't, I think it, it might've been like at five seconds at that point when I looked at it, I was like, I just got to get there. And I was just like, I just booked it to the finish and people were crying. And then I like, literally, as soon as I crossed the finish line, all I wanted to do was lay down. Like I let go, <laughs> like everybody. Oh, I just couldn't believe I made it barely. That's <laughs> awesome. 21 seconds to spare. And That's so cool. And then, yeah. And then everybody's like asking these questions and, um, you know, like I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know anything about golden hour. I didn't do like any, I didn't know about any of that stuff about how it was such a big deal. They're tracking you. Um, so like later when I got my buckle, like the race, the the board people, board members, they were all there. I don't remember all their names off the top of my head, but I recognized them and stuff. And they were like, we were the, we were tracking you from Roby's point or like further back. We knew you were going to, you know, we lost, saw you lost your buffer. Like they, they were tracking the whole way. Wow. And it's like, you're just in your bubble when you're running the race. You yeah. don't know anything that's going on. So it's overwhelming. It was overwhelming. The amount of support at the very end. Like i I don't know if I can handle that at every hundred, <laughs> but I also Just don't get think back that down yet. to your 18 minute miles or 18, <laughs> 18 <laughs> hour. Runs, you'll be good. Oh, I got to get fast again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that like, it, it was so overwhelming, but at the same time, like I, it's like, we, we talked about it for days, like afterwards for a week, you know, like my, my uh, crew and stuff. And we're just like, I don't think even for them, like they didn't even run the whole hundred, but for them, that experience, was so overwhelming that like, like we all agreed, like, we don't know if anything could ever top this experience. Yeah. You plan on running it again? I mean, I will, if I get in, (laughs) I'll definitely go back. 16 more tickets. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. 
Uh, I, yeah, I'll go back, but I'll tell you what, I know a lot more about the course now. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll do better. And <laughs> Awesome. Well, we always ask our guests at the, uh, at the end of the podcast is uh, a couple questions. So uh, first one I'll ask is use your gear questions. We have a bunch of gear heads out here. What okay. kind of gear are you using? Um, so I'm kind of like a minimalist with gear, but I'm an ultra runner. Like I run with ultra shoes. That's the only thing that I really can topo sometimes a little bit. Um, but, and then I have a Solomon pack. I, I am not a big pack fan, but when I have to wear it, that Solomon pack is the best because it has like a cinching system. That's like no fuss. Like you can yeah. cinch it up really quick. Um, I have, I don't know if this is what you're asking, but like, and I have my got my Phoenix watch. Yeah, no, no, no. That's it. A... Yeah. I love my Phoenix watch. I love it. Like I don't, like I said, I'm a minimalist. And so when I first started ultra running, I was like, I'm not spending all that money on that stuff. Like, and I had uh, bought these Epson watches. I went on some blog and some lady was like, you don't, if all you care about is like in a hundred miler, all you really need to care about is like what time it is really, you know? And then sometimes pacing matters, but you don't need to know like the minute to minute, like in a marathon, yeah. you just need like over an hour. Like, what am I doing? Um, so I carried these two Epson watches, which were super low tech, <laughs> but they <laughs> lasted for the whole race. Nice. They never died. And that's what I wanted. Um, but this Phoenix kind of puts them to shame now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they have the tech it's, I, it's only getting better. Um, I spent a lot of money in this stupid thing, but it was worth every penny. Yeah. Um, definitely. So that's kind of like the big gear stuff that I use. Um, you know, as far as nutrition and stuff goes, um, I'm starting to change that a lot because like I told you guys about earlier, I've been having some challenges. Whereas before, um, I was a low carb runner and I only really just took in minimal amounts of calories throughout the race. Now I'm switching over to like my overall diet being more calories and, uh, trying to get more calories during the race as well. And so I'm kind of switched over to tailwind a little bit. I've been trying that. Uh, like I told you, Morton is another one. I think I'm going to really start investing in Morton a little bit as much as it's not the best consistency. It works. Yeah. And, you know, once you get it down, you can keep it down. <laughs> 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 you know, I think, I don't know. It, it wouldn't have mattered what I tried to put in my body at that point. Like it was going to have, I was going to have that reaction. Yeah. And I learned something from that though, you know, that you can force it. You definitely can. <laughs> yep. When you really need to, you might have to just like, Hennepin taught me that too. Like sometimes you just need to slow down and let your body sort of calm down a second and then take in calories. Cause like, I literally got up from that. And like, like I said, I was like, it, it totally recharged me 20 more miles. And I ran to the finish at like a fast pace, like probably like nine minute pace or something for the rest of the race. Um, but like, yeah, so those are the kind of the big things I think right now. I don't, yeah. <laughs> also, I don't, it's not really gear, but I highly recommend having a coach if you're a busy person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <to> think about. <laughs> yeah. I've been know? coached. I've been coached for years and I, I definitely, oh. uh, I definitely stand behind having a coach. Yeah. I never had that. I always designed my own things and I did fairly well with that, you know, uh, but I really do appreciate having to not think about that. Like if you can just make, put one thing aside and he gave me a military discount too, just so you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> that very supportive of the military. 
The second question we ask um, all of our guests is, um, who sh- who is someone we should have on our podcast that um, has inspired you uh, that may have a good story to tell? So I, well, I, I would say, you know, um, gosh, that's the, I feel like that, that question is so hard. You know, <laughs> I really, is like, when you say inspire you, do you mean like for running? It doesn't do have to be for running. It could be in general. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's just be life. That would be easy. That's Sergeant Major Ganey. So I don't know if you know him, you probably don't, but I can give you his information and he would be happy to talk to you. He's extremely inspirational. Um, He's not a runner. He's older. He used to be the uh, special enlisted assistant to the chief of staff. He was the first enlisted member to hold that position. Wow. Um, and he's been in He's inspired me my whole life. He was the first um, really kind of like high ranking individual. Like for me, you know, he was my uh, star major on my deployment, first deployment. And I was the first female he ever was in charge of. And um, he made I made him a believer and he made me a believer that there can be people up there, you know, you can get a little disenchanted with the military once in a while with uh, people in higher ranks. And um, he renewed my belief in non-commissioned officers in the military and just being a leader um, and how important it is to like sort of be what you want to see in others hmm. and and not let like people's preconceived notions of you stand in your way. Like he, I, I, he, yeah, like definitely hands down. He's awesome. been an inspiration for me over my whole life, even into hundreds. Like, so, and I appreciate him so much. But yeah, sounds, sounds like he'd have some uh, some cool stories to tell. Yeah, and you know, and also I would say like there, I also have another friend, um, Dan Strain. He's the one that really kind of inspired me to start doing hundreds, and it was like his super like laid back um, mentality when it came to it. Like he's the one that did Ironmans, like I was telling you about, and he's just like. Yeah, I mean, you just keep running. (laughs) (laughs) But seeing him, and then he came and ran a marathon, I think it was when I was still running marathons. And he was telling us a story about he had done um, this 100 miler up in northern Minnesota. Not it. I don't even know if it's still around, but he had done that one. And he was telling us about it. And I just, I got all my information from him from training because at the even now, like it's hard to find like a training plan or like what you have to have a mentor. Yeah in the sport you really do yeah 100%. so i gave you two <laughs> perfect perfect well jen thanks so much for coming on um we really appreciate it um your story was amazing uh watching that finish line and guys if you haven't seen that finish line go check it out um it's amazing but we'll give you a few minutes to shout out whoever you want to shout out to uh let people know where they can find you on social medias and go for it all right. I just want to give a good shout out to my family that supported me through all this as well. Um, I'm not going to name them all individually, but they know who they are. But I also want to like, again, thank my crew and Pacers, Alex Bartley, Brian Mansky, and Sarah Chapman, um, the whole community of Rochester, Minnesota, because I couldn't have done this without the running community behind me. Um, and then Trail Transformation, right? Um, and Mike Borst, my uh, coach. So those are kind of, that's it, really. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, We'll see you on the trails. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you.